Hello and welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, the host of Planet Waves FM and the author of the Planet Waves Horoscope, which resumes today. Welcome to a new edition. This one is uh, all about the full moon in the sign Capricorn, which takes place Monday, the 3rd of July uh, at 7.38 in the morning. Uh, so it happens uh, a, a bit after sunrise. If you can manage to get yourself uh, up and awake and uh, to a high spot uh, on the morning of the 3rd and face the west, you will have a phenomenal view of the full moon setting, and then it'll be rising, uh, well, rising the next evening. <laughs> so uh, there you go. So uh, interesting chart patterns these days, uh, if you haven't noticed, there is not too much uh, banging into other things. Uh, maybe, you know, I guess it depends on, on what news channel you're listening to or if um, you uh, are one of those uh, people, unlikely as a Planet Waves reader, who's constantly looking for some form of aggravation in the news. Uh, but the planets are fairly sedate right now as it comes. And that's, a, of course, on, on a relative scale. But there are other interesting features uh, to, uh, to bring in. But first, let's take a, a brief look at the, the pattern of the full moon. Now, uh, it is across the Cancer Capricorn axis at 11 degrees and 19 minutes. So the moon and the sun both have the same degree value. The sun is in a close conjunction to Mercury, the the exact conjunction, the inter, the exterior conjunction of Mercury and the sun uh, was a little bit earlier this week. Uh, this this is when um, Mercury aligns with the sun, but it, uh, the sun and the earth, but it is behind the sun when Mercury passes between the sun and the earth that is during Mercury retrograde, and it's called the interior conjunction. And any time you see a Mercury-Sun conjunction, you're either halfway done with Mercury retrograde or halfway done with Mercury direct. Um, okay, so the aspects that the full moon are making are mostly that it is it is picking up the Jupiter-Saturn sextile. So it's a little bit of a golden bowl pattern uh, which is that the sun at, at 11, and then Jupiter at 9, Saturn at 7, and then the moon at 11, kind of making a, uh, a, a, a kind of a grand sextile. That's not drawn into the middle of the circle. As I mentioned before, I, I reserve the middle of the circle for aspects that are not easy to see. Things like quintiles and semi-sextiles and sesquiquadrates and things like that. Any, anybody can see a sextile, the numbers line up. Anybody can see a trine or a square, the numbers line up. So uh, in, so instead, I put the ones you can't really see that easily in the middle of the circle, and then I take my colored pencils and draw in the rest of them. If you're listening to this on Substack, it's all the way at the bottom of the page. If you're listening to it on Planet Waves, it should be linked right from below the player. Okay, so... Uh, it, there are a couple of squares happening, though. One, uh, one that is uh, not shown. It, well, it is it, it, applying now and will be separating at the time of the full moon. But that is Venus square Uranus, and Venus square Uranus is spontaneous and uh, and, and and it is playful and, and not really a particularly disruptive aspect. But it is uh, about bringing in a little bit of the unexpected and the unusual. And then also 
uh, at at the moment, uh, Mercury, sorry, Mars is in a square to Neptune. Uh, sorry, I'll get the names of all these planets right. Mars is in, is in a square to Uranus, but th- those basically are Venus and Mars square Uranus are the squares. So uh, that that is saying uh, have fun. And there's always the caution about uh, when you make a spontaneous decision under Mars square Uranus or Mars opposite Uranus, uh, you know, what's your state of mind in doing that? Have you thought it through? Um, With Venus square Uranus, there's a a bit of take a chance implied. And with Mars square Uranus, there's a bit of look before you leap implied. Okay, so uh, there are, however, other really interesting patterns in this chart. Uh, So, for example, note the thing that I have drawn in in pink, uh, pink lines with the pink arrows for extra emphasis. That is called a Yod pattern. It is a 60-60-150, nope, 60-150-150 pattern, meaning that when there are two planets in a 60-degree aspect called a sextile, you look at what's at the opposing midpoint, and in this case it is Neptune, Pluto, and then Mars is at the opposing uh, the opposing midpoint. And this is sometimes called a finger of God aspect. There's a number of different names for it. Now, uh, those of you who are longer-term students of astrology will, re- will recognize the term, the transiting Yod. The transiting Yod pertains to the fact that Pluto and Neptune have been moving in a 60-degree pattern for... Well, pretty much, I, I I checked it out the other day. I think it might go back to the 1940s or the or or the 1950s or before. They're kind of in a permanent 60 degree angle. But the thing is that uh, for the past like about maybe 25, 30 years, they have been slowly coming out of an exact sextile, and now they're slowly moving back into an exact sextile, uh, and that's because. For a while in the 20th century, Pluto was moving more quickly than Neptune. Pluto is closer to the sun. Pluto has longer orbit than Neptune. Neptune's orbit is like 160-ish years. Pluto's is about 248 years. But for a part of every cycle, every orbit, Pluto comes inside the orbit of Neptune. This is what happens at what's called perihelion. Pluto has a very eccentric orbit. It goes fairly close to the sun, which it's been in our lifetimes, and then it slowly moves away from the sun. And as it moves away from the sun toward the far end of its orbit, also called the aphelion, which doesn't take place until sometime in the 21st century, Pluto slows down. And so, for example, we had about 15 years of Pluto in Capricorn, and then we'll have 20 years of Pluto in Aquarius, and then even longer of Pluto in Pisces. So the upshot of this is that when when you got something like this kind of a transiting yod, it's going to point to anything uh, in any chart currently at about 25, 6, 7, 8 degrees of, of Leo. That's where it's pointing right now. That's the pink triangle is pointing to Mars conjunct Pallas Athene, at about 25, 26 degrees of Leo. And so if you have anything there 
in your chart, you're going to be getting this double transit. And while I haven't worked with it very much, uh, I mean, I'm sure I've, it's come up. Uh, it hasn't come up for a while as a special thing, but I became curious about it and started looking into it again and started doing some of the math on when this was going to come into focus. And I think that there is something here uh, for us to consider. And and one nice thing about it is it's off the wavelength of the, the usual astrological discussions that uh, that, that we have these days. And it's not especially lending itself to some kind of a quick and easy interpretation. But Pluto and Neptune are planets that they, they have a range of behavior from spiritual and enlightening to jarring and kind of transformative in the thanks a lot kind of way of transformative. Um, and when you put Mars and Pluto, Mars and Pallas, which are there, the little pink arrow points to Mars at 25, and Venus is a little bit out of range, but Pallas is definitely, that's, that's like the Venus with the square thing on top. It's like the wizard with the square thing on top, that, that shape, um, the little diamond. Um, th- this is a, a hint that the source of the muckraking is, is going to be political. Uh, the, the, you know, there's a political season, at least in the United States, every two years. Um, and it, it's almost like we're never not in political season. The United States in the Sibley chart has the moon conjunct Pallas Athene. And that is kind of an obsessive, compulsive um, preoccupation with politics and largely with politics as a kind of a social milieu and as a form of entertainment. It's not really about running society. As Frank Zappa said, politics is the entertainment division of the military-industrial complex. And basically what you get in politics is a bunch of antics. Um, I have tried for a long time, like the duration of my career as a journalist, which goes back till you know, I was a teenager, to take politics seriously. And the, the, mo- the politics I can take the most seriously are what I think are the most important politics, and that is local politics. And it was, uh, who was it? Speaker of the House, Chip O'Neill, I think famously said that all politics is local. And that, of course, was stated from one politician to other politicians. Um, we get very little from anything on the federal level, much less involvement in uh, in political causes and campaigns. Uh, and we're now being pushed into the thick of one. Um, and I would just urge some caution about falling for that and jumping on board with that. Uh, as you may know, I'm very well connected with a great deal of the health freedom movement, so-called. And the, the whole thing, basically, except for me and like a few of my friends, <laughs> as usual, the outliers, is jumping in, whoop de doo Robert F. Kennedy Jr. But whatever you may think about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., it is a political party. And you only think you're invited to a political party. You're not really invited to a political party. But if you you choose to go and stand outside, what you're going to find is a concession that is selling you all of your ideals and on all the things that you secretly wish were true. And yes, a lot of people secretly want to bring back the 1960s and they, they, they want to take the path of history 
where Robert F. Kennedy Sr. was elected president, which he inevitably would have been in 1968. And instead, we got Bobby, uh, sorry, we got Richard Nixon in 1968. Uh, not a lot of fun there. But it was all, it's, it's all one political machine churning out all of the same results. And the transiting yod that those words almost always pertain to Neptune sextile Pluto, the transiting yod, is right now pointing to a lot of political action. That will blow by, that will pass, uh, this will come in and out of vogue until we uh, we are attempted to be whipped into whatever frenzy is coming up for the 2024 election. And remember that in the United States, we are not really a democracy, but rather we practice a form of governance called disaster capitalism, where one disaster after the next is used to goad us and harass us into adopting a viewpoint. And we've seen a heck of a lot of this over the past four years. And the other thing about this Pluto, uh, rather Pluto, Neptune, Mars, Pallas configuration is, is the reminder that everything loses its value when it is politicized. And then it, it certainly loses its value to you and then gain some value to someone else, usually if you are manipulated. And so I would suggest here that before you uh, support a candidate, particularly a federal candidate, but really any candidate, actually find out what's going on with this person, and that requires a probe into history. By the way, tomorrow night on Planet Waves FM, I'm speaking on Thursday, the 29th, on, on the Planet Waves FM of Friday the 30th, I have an hour interview with Jeff Strahl where we take apart uh, certain things that RFK Jr. said in his interview with Joe Rogan uh, that happened, I believe, last week. Enough people said, you should really listen to this interview. It's, you know, it's really good and really convincing and, and all of this stuff. And, and I listened to it and I, and I thought, well, there's nothing really new here. Uh, and furthermore, that uh, th there's a bunch of stuff I don't really know, which involves uh, Robert Kennedy's description of his uncle, uh, John, and his uh, dad, uh, Bobby, uh, of, of their conduct during the Kennedy administration. How do they conduct themselves? Uh, were they more or less militant? Did John F. Kennedy really try to end the Vietnam War? Uh, which then uh, went went on an, another eleven years uh, from 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 the time uh, that he was killed. Why was uh, John F. Kennedy killed? These questions are are not so uh, mysterious as they were in the sixties and seventies and even beyond. These these are a lot more uh, rudimentary questions today, and it is easier to get your bearings in them. Okay, uh, so one more transiting yod going on. This is a quicker moving transiting yod. It's it's highlighted in, in light kind of lime green. Um, and, and so you, you can see that it's it's a pointing almost straight down. And I talked about this last week, and that's the yod of Saturn, uh, Jupiter, and Logos. Um, so Saturn-Jupiter sextile is uh, one of the things right now uh, providing the most support and the most stability. Uh, and it is one of those things also saying, look, get a grip. Now is the time to get a grip. Um, 
they are pointing that sextile, which you, you can't really see it so good, uh, but it's Saturn and seven, and yeah, Saturn's got a seven next to it. It's yellow. Jupiter's got a nine next to it. It's in uh, it's an orange, and they point down to logos, Maki uh, Maki and Ceres at uh, at the bottom of the chart. And this is the it makes sense, it doesn't make sense uh, version of reality, where uh, you know you're wondering. Uh, what the hell is up? And the thing is that I would say with logos in the picture, if if you think you know something, I can't imagine anybody's going to try this unless you're actually a writer and you're actually super curious about why you believe the things you believe. But if you think you believe something, write yourself a 50-word essay about why you believe it and read it back and see if it makes any sense at all. You you might believe something, anything, 50, 100 words, whatever it is you, you might believe. If you think you're so sure that something is true, try writing 100 words. Uh, the average planet wave's horoscope is 200 words for one sign. Uh, that's considered really short. So I'm just saying half of that. And see if you can explain why you hold the view that you have. Um, you, you, you will be surprised, I think, uh, to know that on, on most things, it's just going to come down to that's what you were told. This is our whole freaking problem, is we always think we know things, but really what we're actually doing is believing things that we are told. And the, the, the wash where this all comes out usually is in writing, private writing to yourself, or if you want to try to write a letter to the editor someplace or uh, formulate a comment to a blog or a substack or something, you learn how you think when you write about what you think. And you can see it laid out and you make it kind of a, 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 a magical mirror scratched in pencil onto the sheet. All right, I can't really think of much else to say about this chart. Uh, my essay this week is called From Disenchantment to Enchantment. I begin with Richard Tarnas and an idea that I learned in his 2006 book, Cosmos and Psyche. It's a hard book to read because it's kind of long. There's a, if, you, if you think you're interested in the whole theory of cosmos and psyche, which is to say the cycles of the planets— as they influence world history, check out a very short book, really a long essay called Prometheus the Awakener, also by Rick Tarnas. And you get a taste of the approach that he's taking in Cosmos and Psyche, but it's in, in a very digestible kind of 50-page essay in book form. It's very tidy and it's very exciting. It includes Uranus and aspect to all the planets from Jupiter on out. Rick doesn't talk about Chiron or Eris, of course, but all the other planets. So it's it's a it's a, uh, a look at uh, Uranus in aspect to Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, and Neptune. Um, let's see what else. Cancer reading is ready. I'm not so sure what I'm going to be doing with the spring reading. Uh, from Planet, Planet Waves, uh, the trifecta reading, uh, but I will I'll let you know with that. And uh, wherever you're listening, please check out something on Planet Waves. If you like my astrology, do me a favor, buy something from me. When I find a good pizzeria, I can't wait to go back. When I find a great deli, I can't wait to go back. On the internet, it's like, well, I'm just going to go off to the next thing. Uh, but that is... Uh, Astrology the drug, not the food. We are astrology the food. We are the 
sumptuous banquet of astrology available for everyone. Just a reminder, again, there'll be a new Planet Waves FM tomorrow night at planetwaves.fm. We'll also try distributing it to Substack again. That got lots and lots of listens, more than it got on the Planet Waves FM page. I guess people don't like to click twice, but they told us that back in 1998. Okay, thank you for listening. You know where to find me. Bye for now.